Welcome to The Source, a podcast by Evestment featuring conversations with industry leaders about the latest trends and data driving the institutional investment marketplace. My name is Rich Donellen, part of the strategy team here at Evestment and the host of this podcast. We recently got a chance to hear from Chris Fowle, Director of the Americas at PRI, or Principles for Responsible Investment, about why demand for ESG is growing. ESG is something always at the top of mind for our clients and something we get asked about a lot. I remember early on when we created our first universe of ESG-focused products, we saw a lot of search activity for those strategies, but didn't necessarily see the resulting flows. Investors were interested, but not enough to put their money behind it at that point. This seems to have changed more recently. The all ESG-focused universe in investment has seen four consecutive quarters of inflows, which makes that 10 of the last 12 quarters that that universe has seen net inflows. AUM is now over $400 billion. That growth has been driven by European investors mainly, who were early adopters of ESG and continue to allocate to those ESG-focused products. We actually recently held our European client conference, and ESG came up in every session. All of this growth means there's more managers out there to choose from and more ways to evaluate socially responsible investing. We now track over 700 dedicated ESG products, and you have the ability to search and analyze those across over 80 ESG-specific characteristics. If you have questions about how to find those strategies or those data points in investment, you can download our guide to screening ESG products. Before you do that, though, let's hear from Chris about why he thinks demand continues to grow. Uh, first, I think fundamentally is that material materiality aspect, the increased recognition that, it, that ESG factors often play a material role in determining risk and return. This is in line with a lot of academic evidence uh, supporting the idea that an attention to ESG issues at the corporate level can result in better financial returns uh, for a corporation as reflected in the public equity markets, for example. And, And that observation could then extend to an investment portfolio, of course, depending on uh, the skill and approach of, uh, of, of a particular investor. The second, of course, is market demand. If you know, you're a public pension and a lot of your stakeholders, your beneficiaries in particular, are asking you to take a look at ESG issues, if you're an endowment right, where students are engaging with you on climate issues, if you are a uh, investment manager whose clients, asset owners, are asking you then to, to take a look at these issues, uh, across the investment chain, we're seeing more demand. The third area is regulation. And, uh, you know, there are many different uh, policy initiatives happening, both from a soft policy perspective. So a soft policy might be an investor stewardship uh, approach, meaning uh, informal or formal, more formalized group of investors in a particular market. Uh, for example, this exists in the United States. Uh, investors that are doing sort of a market-led approach to defining what investor stewardship is, getting their their peers, um, other operators in in a particular sector to sign up to a set of uh, standards around stewardship, for example. That's an example of soft regulation. But then uh, hard or uh, formal regulation 
could include things like what we're seeing happening in the EU, the European Union, and their, and their commission's work on sustainable finance. In the United States, we've seen activity at the state level where the state of Illinois passed a sustainable investing act, which requires public funds to take a look at ESG and to articulate their approach to ESG inclusion in their investment processes. We've also seen the NAIC, the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, do some work around climate and require some reporting by their uh, constituents, insurance companies. So lots of different examples, and PRI has work that we're doing both in the U.S., in the EU, EU and globally around different policy aspects. Um, and then finally, that academic evidence. There is a growing and robust uh, body of academic evidence that shows that ESG incorporation does not come at a cost. If you have any questions about the content covered today, please reach out to us at clairespencer at investment.com. Again, if you want more information about how to best approach researching ESG managers, you can download our guide to screening ESG strategies and investment directly from our website. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.